Do you have an album that you just finished? Do you feel like it's the perfect synthesizer or modular album other than the mix? Are you just fighting it in your cans, on your studio monitors? Is it your DAW? What's going on? Well, I tell you what, you don't need to take up all of your creative energy trying to figure this out when there are people out there that can do it for you. I'm talking about Hugo R.A. Paris at Tiny Crush Mixing. His work is custom-tailored to synthesists and modular synthesis. He works on recommendations from Nathan Moody. So what does that tell you? <laughs> I'm looking at his background here, and it's, it's, like, it's almost unbelievable. So let's just start with an academic background where he focused on acoustic and signal processing. That work led him to uh, work with MIT, Caltech, Stanford University. Uh, he has three of his own albums out. Uh, one is on Beacon Sound, the record label. Uh, so he's label mates with Terry Riley and Amulets and many others. Also has some music out on Jacktone Records. His albums have received positive attention from the press and have been reviewed by outlets such as Accelerator, Fact Magazine, and Resident Advisor. Like, those are the three for electronic music. Um, oh yeah, he also conceived and developed the spherical wavetable navigator, the flagship Eurac module over at 4MS. So you're in good hands. His state-of-the-art studio provides the ideal listening configuration for your work. He also will do remote mix breakdowns with you if you're interested in learning you know, what he's doing and maybe how to do it for yourself in the future. The turnaround time is quick and he offers add-ons such as reamping and analog summing. Openings start now. So you're sitting on that album and you want it to sound as good as it possibly can? Then head over to tinycrushmixing.com and get a hold of Hugo. Modular Modcast, my name is Tim Held. This week, Corey Sterling, a.k.a. Red Stripe Down, returns. We do a little catch-up, and then he walks us through a patch. Um, I just want to give you a heads-up really quick that the audio quality is... Um, well, what happened was is, is Corey was putting his voice through his modular, or I think through the same mix as his modular, and um, we didn't hear it on Zoom. Um, but then, you know, when we, the recording was done, when you noticed there is uh, like a, real, a high pitch frequency that's coming from a module, I tried to roll that off. So the whole audio kind of suffers for that. However, just like every time there's sl a slight audio issue, within five minutes, you forget all about it and you're just into the conversation. And it's a great conversation. Corey is, um, you know, he's one of the, the top the top patchers in the game, as far as I'm concerned. So he's going to share some of his secrets with us. And uh, we are all lucky to have this opportunity. So thank you again, Corey. 
So uh, before we get into this episode, there's, I just want to let you know there's something kind of cool going on out there in the modular world. There's a new company out there called Sacrament Modular, and uh, they're doing a crowdfunding uh, campaign to um, get their module off the ground. And that module is called The Cursible. The Cursible, um, I haven't played with one yet. It's on the way, but I wanted to let you know that the campaign is live because this thing seems really cool. It's a 14 HP six channel morphing effects send matrix um, with an incredible feature set and vast amount of applications from morphing um, and sequencing and blending effects. So there's a link in the show description. Go check them out on Instagram. There's videos. It seems like it's going to be a really, really fun module, and uh, I'm going to be doing some some demos on it uh, in, in some future episodes. So again, Sacrament Modular, the Cursible. Um, what else is going on? Well, I'm going to be performing uh, on Modular Nights here in Seattle, a live stream event, twitch.tv forward slash Modular Seattle, uh, February 6th at 5 p.m., Pacific Standard Time. Bandit Lou, Bitgraves, big fan of Bitgraves myself, so I'm excited to share the uh, virtual stage with them. Brennan Fowler, 6502, Carter Vliem. Actually, I played with Carter on the very first Modular Nights ever. That's cool. Uh, Jeremy Blake, Knight, Knight O'Fall, uh, myself, and, and Veeger. So, uh, yeah, once again, link in, the sh- link, in the, link in the show description. I swear I talk. Um, but yeah, twitch.tv forward slash modular Seattle, February 6th, 5 p.m. PST. So 2021, off to a, a it was off to a weird start, but I feel feel like it, it, the uh, we're we're getting past some turbulence. Um, I'm feeling hopeful. Uh, I'm feeling hopeful for myself, my personal life, and I hope you feel the same. Um, a certain somebody hopefully won't be dominating the the entire news cycle, so maybe we can all move on in a, a, a little bit in our lives. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm still doing these remote performances, having a lot of fun with it. I have my most recent ones up on YouTube right now. Uh, it was originally for John O'Wells's uh, Modular World. Um, show on YouTube, uh, but now it's up on my YouTube and it's just, uh, it's, it's basically two separate modular performances out in the wilds of Seattle and the Cascade Mountains. And, uh, the Benjolin V2 from After Later Audio is, is the primary voice in both. Um, and I'm really just kind of exploring the strange sounds of the Benjolin and running it through, uh, you know, a morphogene or some intro stuff. Um, but yeah, this, this Benjolin, I can't stop talking about it. It's so much fun. I'm actually getting, I think I've been talking about it so much that I'm getting people, you know, asking me questions about it. Um, and I, 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 I don't know as much about it as I think some people think I do, but that said, I'm going to start working on a comprehensive, um, you know, walkthrough video of it. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. But until then, if you're not really familiar uh, and you want, you know, just to really liven up your your modular setup, head over to After Later Audio and check this Benjolin V2 out. It works with the Turing Machine Expanders. So that's super, super useful. Um, no other Benjolin version does that. It has a bunch of other features that um, no other Benjolin has. Uh, it's It's one of my favorite modules. After Later Audio, they're doing so much cool stuff over there, and there's going to be some really, really cool stuff coming out in the not-too-distant future from After Later Audio, so please go check them out. All right, that's enough of my yammering on for now. Let's do a quick demo, and then we'll get into this chat with Corey, a.k.a. Red Stripe Down. 
All right, so last week I introduced you all to the Alter, the uh, multi-mode filter from Ritual Electronics. What's cool about this multi-mode filter is this color knob um, that is a crossfader between the bandpass, low-pass, and high-pass modes. A couple other cool features is there's a one volt per octave input for uh, getting some self-oscillating uh, resonance and nice and quantized, um, and of course, just your standard frequency input and a resonance input. The frequency, resonance, and color blending uh, CV inputs all have attenuator attenuverters on it. So it's very, very fun. Last week, I showed you just some really kind of all of those things working together in a very basic way so you could hear what was happening. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit more interesting. Um, because this color and frequency, if you can get these two playing nice together you can get some very interesting stuff but first let's just listen to what i'm going to pass through the filter i'm basically just going to uh put some some noise from the uh ensemble oscillator so this is the 4ms ensemble oscillator just kind of wiling out and we're going to put that through the filter so you can't really hear what's going on because it's uh, I kind of have the crossfader between low pass and high pass, and the uh, the frequency knob is pretty far down. So I'm going to just first introduce some CV to the uh, the color CV input, and I've got the attenuator. I actually have it. The signal is going to be attenuated um, about 50%. And this is coming. Um, this is an LFO going through maths. So kind of cool and percussive. And now I've got a little bit more complex uh, piece of CV. I've got um, a maths uh, a, a maths processing another LFO going into um, one of the wave shapers of the angle grinder, and then I've got just um, a standard regular sine wave LFO going to another wave shaper, and then I've got the uh, the LFO of angle grinder going at a, a decent pace. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting little piece of CV. And I'm gonna put this into the frequency input and I've got the frequency input attenuated about 50%. So, sounds like this. And everything's better with delay and reverb. Okay, now I'm just gonna morph this. I don't really know what's gonna happen because I got it this far and I didn't want to screw it up because I thought it sounded really cute. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start messing with the attenuator attenuverters um, for each of these CV inputs and then also the actual um, parameters that they're controlling. So why don't I just go ahead and invert what's going on. So to recap, I've got uh, the CV input going into the the, uh, the color crossfader is attenuated about halfway, and then the CV input for the frequency is attenuated about halfway. So let's just let's just flip that really quick. Okay, pretty predictable result. Almost has like a um, a reverse delay sound going. So now I'm going to just switch the uh, kind of take that crossfader. Um, for the, the color and, and, and dial that be uh, from between the low pass and high pass to between the high pass or the band pass and the, the low pass. And I'm going to turn the frequency up a little bit. 
Let's bring this resonance up too, just to add some color or some um, character. And I'm going to uh, invert the, uh, the frequency CV. Let's just take uh, let's just let's take the um, the CV for both the color and the frequency and just bring it all the way up, non attenuated. And then let's attenuate them all the way. Let's bring the uh, the speed of this angle grinder up a little bit. There we go. That's cool. So I've turned up the, the rate of the uh, CV controlling the frequency, and I've slowed down the, the rate of the frequency controlling the color. That sounds nice. I'm gonna add some more slew to that LFO controlling the color. I don't like that hard clip that's happening. Try a different LFO. There we go. Put a little more of a sign LFO into the. Uh, it's a little on the nose now. So I'm turning the frequency down quite a bit and the resonance up a lot. Get that nice liquidy. And let me just take the. Um, let me just take the effects out so you can get a sense of what the filter is doing. That sounds awesome. And that delay and reverb back. So yeah, the uh, the alter from Ritual Electronics is a super fun filter. I might actually try to turn this into a piece of music when I'm done with this demo, because I like this a lot. So great to have you back, man. Hey, thank you so much, Tim. I'm really uh, glad to be here. Yeah. Um, I was really excited. I kind of got this idea of this kind of new segment on the show, and you, you were one of the first people I thought of, so I really appreciate you making the time. Oh, Especially with uh, with the move and the the new addition to the family, all <laughs> kinds of crazy stuff is going on. All yeah. all hell is breaking loose. <laughs> Babies are popping out. <laughs> How's parenthood treating you? Uh, it's great. It yeah. is such um, a mind blowing experience. Really, it's, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's I'll, it's cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got a a studio hand. You know, yeah. in training now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the videos with like you patching and, and playing with like, you know, your baby and like a Bjorn on you or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, I, that's my plan. Like my wife and I are trying too, and like 
Yeah, I, I, I fully plan on wearing it. Like, I might even play some modular on the spots with a baby on me. If we hey, I, one. I, I, I support it. I think it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's peaceful for them. It's peaceful for you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, start them young. Get them in yeah. there early. I mean, I, I've, I, I imagine, like, or I think about when I was a kid and the kind of music that I listened to mm-hmm. growing up and what I was subjected to by my parents because they were the only people who could get me into stuff. I'm like, what happens if you start where we ended up like where do they where are they going to be in their 30s you know oh, what, Jesus. what are they going to just be listening to like candy pop because they're like i can't handle any more esoteric ambient <laughs> electronic music <laughs> if i hear one more extended ambient jam i'm gonna <laughs> lose it dad um <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, um, you and your Todd Barton albums, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, I, I just, I want to talk just a minute. I love that sure. you were doing some like lullabies. Yeah. Um, and and then you, around Christmas, you were like doing a Christmas song every day, and that was like. That seems like a big, a big challenge. That was really, really cool. Yeah. They all sounded awesome. Well, thanks. I think I bit off more than I could chew on, yeah. on the everyday <laughs> thing because that definitely didn't happen. Uh-huh. I think I got three or four days in a row, and then, <laughs> okay. then it became a little bit more sporadic. That was, that was an interesting thing to do, especially with the time constraints mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with the baby, um, and which is why I kind of started everything with a MIDI file, and it's not something I typically do is run MIDI from my computer into the system. Uh, so that was another kind of just a fun challenge for me okay. to play with MIDI a little bit more, bring in all of the information, bring in the sequences, the, uh-huh. the harmony, everything's there for you. And then it's really just about translating that to the instrument, which was much more time-consuming than I anticipated yeah, because I, I would have imagined, like, because I, when I was watching these videos, I was like, man, just writing these sequences would have taken forever. But then to, like, to flesh out the patch. So I was wondering if you had imported them with MIDI and then, and yeah, then started. Yeah, I, I imported them with MIDI and then rearranged them a bit and okay. added some stuff, took some stuff out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, depending on the tune and how much orchestration is really in there. Uh, for instance, uh, Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, there's a ton of orchestration and instruments in there. Uh-huh. And I can't do that. So right. <laughs> you, you just got to like pick out uh, the parts that are really important and the uh-huh, pieces right. and the things that you like and then right. just hope that it translates. Yeah, I was I was trying to do a bunch of Christmas music too and I, I feel like I, I cheated a little because I was just taking Christmas songs I liked and putting it into a sampler and then making really weird like stuff out of the samples and cutting it up and it... it some of it wasn't really all that musical, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. And and I should have thought of that. I didn't. I didn't think about sampling any of the stuff that would have been a unique that's, approach. That's, that's kind of what I've been into lately. Is just uh, just taking like some of my favorite songs. I'm kind of starting in like a classical realm, but I'm even trying to figure out if I can take like you know like a Bill Callahan or David Bowie song or something and see if I could. Like do a cover, but not really a cover, but like, and building around something like that. So that's kind of where my head's at. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know if it's gonna work, but well, you know, I I think that's kind of untouched territory right now. I don't really hear a lot of people trying to interject 
rock music into mm-hmm. the modular and, and hey, stuff yeah. like that. Definitely hear a lot of classical piano and mm-hmm. stringed instruments and stuff like that, which fits the ambience of the of the modular world perfectly. But it'd be cool to hear something a little bit more edgy and yeah, you know, see what you can do with something a little more driving like that. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll let you know how it goes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. So, I mean, how how have you fared through the uh, the whole pandemic and everything? I mean, you like you moved, had a kid. That seems like a, like a lot, but like, have you been keeping sane and and safe and everything out there? And yeah, yeah, actually, it's and I hate to say this, but the pandemic has been really good for us in a, in a weird way. Here, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was able to be with my wife during her entire pregnancy, which is yeah. pretty rare. Mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, just home working mm-hmm. and, and doing music projects and things like that, but still available. Mm-hmm. And she was able to work from home. And now now that we're in the middle of the maternity leave thing, being home together 24 hours a day is normal. So mm-hmm. we're not dealing with the added stress of wearing each other out. It's just yeah. the baby wearing both of us <laughs> out. Uh, so it's allowed us to, well, A, to have a kid and do it kind of on our terms and mm-hmm. very peacefully. It's allowed for me to do a lot more music, despite not being able to play live, which is something I really miss. Yeah, same here. But, um, but yeah, just definitely made progress in terms of acquiring studio tools, getting some releases out, doing some new projects with some different companies. And mm-hmm. it has been definitely a, a year of musical growth for me. And I think it's the... F- it feels like it's the first one in a long time because I was yeah. working on uh, on the sales of synthesizers for so much that my own projects seem to suffer because I'm around all this stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and you get home and the last thing I want to do is sit there and think about synths. And so this has been a great year for me to really fully jump back in, learn new skills and kind of take over and now doing music full-time as my job which has always been the dream that's so cool um, man congrats so, thanks yeah it's that's so it's been so cool. it's been good it's been tragic and weird in so many different ways mm-hmm. there have been rays of hope coming through every now and again just trying to stay positive and you know yeah use it as best i can yeah you know it's it's funny it's i don't know what it is it's it's just very strange that because I, I, I totally kind of have the same experience. Like, my, my life has gotten better over the last year, you know? Um, you know, professionally, mentally, everything. It's been, you know, it's been a, a net positive um, for me and my wife inside this home, you know? But <laughs> it's, it's weird that you have to sit. Like, it's weird to be in a position where you know that it's not the case for everybody. And in fact, for a lot right. of people, it's way worse. So it's, it's hard to talk about. You sound like, you know, like you don't want to sound insensitive or yeah. anything like that. But like, it's, it's true though. Like some, some people have fared better. And I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people who have the ability to work from home, who maybe like, I think you and I kind of one foot in, in two different places can kind of like launch into the, you know, more into the, the, the artistic side of things, which I certainly have been able to do as well. So, yeah, it's just a strange thing. Like, I feel bad about saying that right now. <laughs> I know. It's, it, is, it is weird because, yeah, I feel horrible for people who've been hit hard by this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've been bunkering down pretty hard in Chicago and we've been quarantined like crazy and very adherent to masks and and just doing whatever we can. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It It is a tough thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a it's tough weird thing to yeah, talk it's, about. It's, it I think people will write books about it, you know, it's going to, Oh, gonna, totally. And, but you know, even though it's been, it's been like, there's been positive aspects like that you and I are talking about right now. Um, I'm wondering what like the, the PTSD aspect is going to be just for us as a culture. Like, what are what's going to mm-hmm. ripple through the next few years? You know. Yeah. Well, s- sale of hand sanitizer. Yeah, for sure. Stay. Right. Well, it, you know, it's so funny. I, watching movies or, or television programs or whatever, I see people in a crowded room, and I'm the first thing I think of is, "Where are your fucking masks? Yeah. And nobody get, has a mask on it. No, uh huh. I get no. Don't when touch I watch, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching Don't yeah, episodes hand. of people and, like touching and, and hugging and stuff, and, and it makes it kind of you're like, "Oh, you're not supposed to do that." Yeah. So like, I wonder what that's going to be like once, because it's it's not going to be like, okay, it's over. It's going to drizzle. You know, for the next year and a half, until everybody's it's be vaccinated. It's going to be a slow burn, man. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, what's going to... Welcome to Quarantine Talk uh, with Tim and Corey. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen some people battle it in some cool ways. Like, the Flaming Lips have had some concerts where everybody has their own inflatable uh-huh. bubble around them, I like Wayne Coyne wears. That, yeah. yeah, and they're all spaced out, and so you can have your your wine and your beer in there and you can dance and do whatever and it's like your own little personal concert pod. Uh-huh. Honestly, I'd rather watch concerts like that anyway. Yeah, right? You know, no, <laughs> no sweaty guys like falling all over me, <laughs> being pushed up against the front rail. You know, just everybody's at a good safe distance and yeah. just listen to the tunes. <laughs> that would, you know, I saw Harmar Superstar um, here in Seattle a few years ago and my, my friend who bought the tickets, he... It was like this really cool venue in Seattle called Triple Door. It's like I bet that was a fun show. Oh, dude. It was him doing all Sam Cooke songs. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, and then he came for an encore and then did his hits. Nice. Um, it was fantastic. <laughs> but he got this room. He bought these tickets that got us this room. It was only unfortunate thing. It had like glass on the window, but the, the speakers were piped in. So we were in our own private room with our own booth and table. And like could talk and, and like there's just nobody else in there. And I was like, this is actually, if this window wasn't here, this would be perfect. You know, <laughs> like I, 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 t- I think I'm just getting old or something. It's like, I think that's it. Yeah. I don't want to <laughs> be down there in, in the pit. You no. know, that looks horrible. I, actually, I'll have yeah. a nice comfy seat at the bar uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> where I have access to drinks mm-hmm. and personal space. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah, I know. mean, man, concerts will be, will be weird. They I will. mean, they're going to start happening probably. I'd, I'd guess by summer there's going to start being some weird soft openings and stuff. Yeah. Um, what's this? What's the vibe of uh, in Chicago? Because like it's it's been weird like here in Seattle. Well, recently because we had a massive spike. Um, you, you know, you could still go and eat in restaurants. Um, now you can go to like beer gardens outside or eat outside. You still can go to a lot of places, record stores and stuff like that. Like we don't do it a, a whole bunch, but sometimes we're like, yeah, I want to go, like you know, go to Patchworks or something. Is sure. it kind of similar there? Or? Yeah, yeah. Most most things are open in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some places where you have to make a reservation. Smaller stores, um, you know, you call ahead. Hey, I'm going to come in around noon. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Grocery stores are still open. Bars and restaurants are closed indoors. They can do outdoor seating, but it's, it's January Chicago in winter. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, so it's funny. Some of these places have 
have taken advantage of this loophole where they've created this entire indoor structure via tent, but it's outside. Uh-huh. So it's not technically an indoor building, but you're still enclosed with other people. So I'm thinking, like, how long is this going to last? Yeah, before yeah. Someone puts the kibosh on that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really... It's, I, yeah. I feel so bad for, yeah, just the service industry. God. Me too, man. Um, and I was in it for a long, long time. And I haven't been in the last few years. And, geez, I guess I got out of it at the right time. It was yeah. really tough yeah. to be a bartender, server, uh, any type of... Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. S- all right, I'm going to, uh, people are probably like, all right, stop talking about the fucking <laughs> quarantine. I'm so fucking tired of the quarantine. Um, so, you, you know, you said a lot of musical growth this year. We're going to get into a patch here in a moment with you. But cool. um, what, like, uh, is there anything specific that you feel like you've gotten better at or really honed a specific skill or even style? Or is there? Well, you know, I, I think I've gotten to know some of the gear I have a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not buy much gear in 2020 or 2019. Mm-hmm. I haven't really bought much gear in a long time. Um, I have acquired a few modules here and there, but n- nothing, nothing too crazy. But having a little bit of extra time to sit down and get into the nitty-gritty of some of these things, it, or just recall what mm-hmm. I used to use them <laughs> for, or, or what I used to know... Um, there's a lot of that, like, oh, I used to know how to get this to do that, but I can't remember. And um, So it's, it's been a lot of exploration in terms mm-hmm. of, of sonic stuff, finding new ways to use the pieces that I have, trying to focus on a smaller system, at, at least for uh, performances and, and things like that, and getting more out of, out of less which mm-hmm. I think is a common theme for probably a lot of people who listen to this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was something my whole you guys summer. talked about with Gerald Fjord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was really interesting. So you know, it's it's a bit of both because I have grown in that mm-hmm. capacity. I have more gear than I started out with in 2019, but less than I used to have. Still, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's more. I will attribute my time in synth retail to really getting to know brands, products, mm-hmm. um, features, functionality, and really honing in and being very, very specific on the pieces that I want to add. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of stuff out there, and I've learned that I don't need it all. Yeah. It'd yeah. be cool <laughs> to have it all, sure, uh-huh. you know. But at the end of the day, I have a limited space for my studio. Mm-hmm. And I also want to limit the time that I spend learning and relearning things you know i don't want to do this all the time i don't want to be coming to a synth just because i have it and then having to relearn how to use it that's just Mm -hmm. a waste of creative time yeah for sure Um, i agree agree with you 100 percent. it's yeah so just a little bit of that cutting cutting some of the fat both in in terms of gear and in terms of music listening to more music actually has been really cool i need to do that (laughs) i listen to like just like comedy podcasts constantly and i need to like just i need to listen to more music <laughs> i'd say yeah most of my time on youtube is probably spent listening to stand-up comedy yeah <laughs> uh, just because i can have it on in the background and if i miss a bit like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. um, but trying to listen to more music and get in touch with some of the older music that i used to like and that i grew up on 
Um, what's yeah, some so of that? It, what's some of that stuff you're listening to? I'm curious. Well, I I kind of grew up early days in in more of a punk rock mm-hmm. vein. Um, so I have been revisiting my Clash records and my uh-huh. Kennedy's records and nice. uh, and stuff like that, which I still love, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but I I went to school for jazz, so I've been pulling out all my jazz records. Been listening to Bitches Brew and listening to Coltrane and Ahmed mm-hmm. Jamal and just all of these artists that I loved and worshipped growing up. Don't listen to it too much now. Mm-hmm. I still appreciate jazz, but it it bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> it bugs me now. Just, I can listen to a bit, but I couldn't sit there and just do a jazz binge all day. Um, yeah. But touching on some of that stuff and it, kind of visiting or revisiting what made me fall in love with music in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear all of that old stuff and then listen to the music that I'm producing now because I can hear elements of mm-hmm. of those influences. It's not blatant and in your face, but there are little things like, oh, I totally stole that from this guy or uh-huh. or whatever, and that's cool and that's exciting and that encourages me to want to listen to more music. Yeah, because definitely. that's how you that's how you learn, right? Yeah, it's, you know, I was listening to some. I uh, I was I actually. I actually got a little stoned the other night and I put some headphones on and fell asleep listening to one of my favorite records. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is like one of the best things in the world to listen to <laughs> some of your favorite music on good headphones. Yeah. Um, and I know I remembered like it re it reminded me like, this is how you make good music is you listen to what you think good music is. Cause it, because like when I, when I'm super into a record or something like I, I have a hard time figuring out whether I want to just listen to it or push pause and then go try to make something, you know? Like, so I, I, I'm hoping this conversation sticks with me and I, I, I do that more often. So Hey, you know, we'll I mean, even if you're not actively listening, just to have it on in the background. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear more of it than you think. You'll walk mm-hmm. away humming something or whistling uh-huh. something and there it is. It's it made an imprint on you. Yeah, totally. Huh. Well, that's cool. Yeah, So. Man. Let's see, where, where are we at time-wise? Okay, we're at a good time to maybe start synthing if you want. Like, do you want to kind of, ex- can we talk about, like, your general setup? Not, like, module yeah. by module, but, like, yeah, <clears throat> of course. general size and kind of, like, your, I guess, um, <clears throat> your philosophy as to why you have what you have. And, and Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> since um, this is a, a podular modcast, um, <laughs> I tried to put together something for this today that was going to be mostly, mostly modular stuff. Um, uh-huh. I, I've got, well, geez, man, I used to have so much modular. I used to have so much to a point where <laughs> I, it was just redundant and, and silly yeah. mm-hmm. and just literally stacking up against the wall and modules that I'm not using. And um, if, you know, Anybody just tuning in? I live in Chicago, and space is, you know, yeah. limited. I can't, I can't have a big junky XL type studio. Mm-hmm. You know, right, <laughs> it's right, gotta totally. be, it's gotta be kind of a tiny thing. So I've focused down to two main cases, and then a couple control cases. Um, here, let me okay. See if I can't tip this so you can see a bit. I, I don't know nobody else at home can see anything. But, um, <laughs> so uh, I've got a Make Noise Seven U case. And another 6U case. Those are the two main guys. Uh-huh. Uh, and then 
another make noise skiff with a bunch of controller modules, two Renes and a pressure points and Tempe and all that good stuff. I'm a little bit of a make noise uh, fanboy. Uh huh. I, I was I was wondering if because when you said that you kind of pared your system down, I was like, I wonder if you're because I've I've known that you you've been especially for the control side, you seem to really favor the make noise. Stuff. Yeah, I do, and I you know I kind of just favor control. Uh, more than any other type of module, really. Yeah, I, okay. I'm a sequencer junkie. I love things I can touch. Mm -hmm. I love buttons. I love I love having that hands-on performative aspect be a, yeah. part, be a part of the patch. I think that's just so important. And the touch capacitive stuff for Make Noise. And just, it, honestly, it, it's the way it's laid out. It's the aesthetic. And it's also just amazing functionality, a ton of functionality built into each of their module. And mm -hmm. once you get the hang of it, it's actually pretty simplistic, and I find it just more of an immediate creative tool as opposed to sitting there and entering specific notes, adding rests, doing that type of mm -hmm. more intensive sequencing. I have other things that can do that. So I definitely, in the modular world, I want things that are more kind of crazy CV stuff. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Less totally. linear, you know, because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get that from all the over the place. But, yeah, and then a bunch of electron boxes. Well, not a bunch anymore, just two. Just a <laughs> dig a tact and a dig a tone. Mm -hmm. um, and a couple other small pieces. Well, right now I've got the uh, Moog Sub 25 hooked up as well, and I okay. love that synth. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love this little guy. It fits in my studio perfectly. It sounds massive. When I bought it, all I wanted was a big, juicy, fat Moog uh -huh. synth. And yeah. It delivered at 800 bucks, and it's killer. Um, Whoa, eight, uh, that's, yeah, that's a great price for, eight, for what that is. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's great. It sounds wonderful. You got a Mesa cab in there? I do have a Mesa cab. That's so. You know, my <laughs> first instrument was bass, so I still uh -huh. have my bass amp here. Nice. Uh, and I've kind of been thinking about running some sound through the uh, the tubes and the bass head and see what kind of. Oh, that might be cool. Yeah, you know, run the, some of the bass lines through it and maybe saturate the tube, get a little distortion. I don't know. I'm keeping yeah, it cool. keeping it around for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I kind of derailed you there. I'm no, I'm, no, I'm not at all. Curious. Um, so if you got uh, Digitone, dig, Digitac, or Digitac, um, what are you, are, do you, do those have like primary jobs that kind of do, do the thing that you want it to do like from patch to patch or do you kind of mix it up? Like are they voices, drums? Yeah, it, I, I keep it pretty mixed up actually. Um, okay. And sometimes I use the Digitac in particular because of the eight MIDI tracks out. Sometimes I'm not even using any of the internal sound engine. I'm just using the MIDI tracks as sequencers uh -huh. or, okay. or clocks or resets. Mm -hmm. Something that I, I typically do um, is run all eight channels into the poly and poly, and mm -hmm. I will designate a couple of those MIDI channels, one to be a clock, one to be a reset on one, or wherever. Mm -hmm. uh, the cool thing about having split tracks for clocks and resets is that I can go into that while it's running and manually turn steps on or off. Yeah. Resetting the, the sequence in different places or jittering the clock. And it, you know, it just allows me, again, more control. Right. Yeah. To keep That's everything That's something that, synced. like, I, I know will make my life easier, like, as a musician, is, is to get actually like, exactly what you're just talking about. And, you know, something that... Because it's, it's just... 
it's so much more immediate. It feels like with with the um, the Digitac stuff, the Digitone, and um, it just seems like that would just make it, it would streamline my process more. But for some reason, I'm just like, and it's not a purity thing. I think it's just because I want to be able to take it with me as in one box. I'm just like so gotcha. stuck with like making my seven U the thing that works for me. Gotcha. <laughs> but I need to get over that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing about this is that it's so small. Right, right, you know, exactly. It's a lot of power in a small space, mm-hmm. and you know it pairs really well. Get a CV OCD, then you know you could go all day with that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about effects? Effects? Oh, um, well, I like effects a lot. Me too. Right now, in the case, I have an Herbverb, a Mimeophone. Uh, what else is in here? Ugh. <clears throat> Oh, the Magneto. Oof. I also just picked up the uh, the Geiger counter from WMD. Oh, nice. Those things are fun. Man, that thing is, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what, run your bass through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. That's what I've been meaning to do, actually. Um, did, it's a pedal, right? Or do they make the They a make it in a, in a module. Oh, I didn't know that. With CV over everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so that's... That's kind of it for effects in there right now. Uh, but I do have some outboard effects. I mentioned that, that cheap Digitech 80s mm-hmm. thing, uh, which I think it sounds really good. You know? yeah. uh, I think it has a quality to it. I wouldn't saturate everything with it. Uh-huh. But for, for a little pop on a snare or something, it, it sounds wonderful. And then I've also got this uh, Sub-25 hooked up to um, the Tomcat Cloudy, Ooh. which is clouds in a pedal. Oh, wow. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, for those who don't know about this thing, my buddy Tom in Brooklyn makes these things. Um, it is clouds in a pedal. Um, and I believe shit. it's got Parasites firmware on there right now. But it's super cool. He's done some nice things and kind of streamlined the design a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, the verb has a designated knob as well as feedback. You've got nice. designated knobs for the out, the in, and the pan. Um, which I just find to be super handy. You do okay. have some CV in on the side as well. Oh, nice. As well as an expression pedal in. And it does output stereo. It's a mono input, but it will output stereo. Okay. It sounds a lot like the Monsoon version. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very much like that, but in a pedal. So if That's so cool. If you don't want that 18 HP taken up <laughs> in your system with the clouds, <laughs> which that was kind of my thing. I, I liked clouds for certain algorithms, but wasn't using it religiously like some people do enough to right. really take up that much space. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so having it in a pedal form and just on the effects chain out of the mixer, <laughs> easy. That sounds, yeah, that sounds like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to do some more research on that. Yeah. Check his stuff out. He makes everything by hand and okay. it's awesome and they're really, really reasonably priced, but they do sell out fast. Okay. Good to know. Tomcat yeah. pedals. Tomcat, T-O-M-K-A-T. Sweet. Um, cool. Well, you want to tell us a little bit about this specific patch? Yeah, sure. Um, so this patch actually was birthed from um, some dig attack sequences. I had, okay. I had put some sequences together using some Juno samples, and I liked them enough. I thought, hey, well, you know, I should at some point try to uh, bring these into the modular world and add add some different stuff and give it a little bit more a little bit more life and more dynamic mm-hmm. um, 
things that just aren't possible inside the dig attack. I will right. say that's that's one thing that drives me a little crazy about the machine is you are limited in terms of the modulation and mm-hmm. it's a great machine, but I would love to be able to I'd love a few more LFOs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on on each track would be really nice. But so what I did is I I started by copying that information, the sequence information, into MIDI tracks um, directly below that line on the dig attack, and then started sending it around, tuned everything, um, and started just kind of building it from there. So it started with definitely a more linear, mm-hmm. melodic thinking type sequence as opposed to messing with something until I fell into the, the right spot. And I started with... Um, my favorite police song is probably Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that, uh, that chord progression in the beginning, that bass line, just moving up whole steps, has a really cool sound. So I wanted to do something kind of with that. So it's, it's in this kind of... Um, this kind of like Lydian mode thing. And... Uh, yeah. What's the voice... What are you using for voices? In- oh, voices, yeah. Um... Well, geez, I've got it. So here, I, since the music is running, let me, I'll just kind of give you a little yeah. bit of an example. So it started with these. These are just samples of a Juno 60. Okay. Um, there's two tracks here. So track one and then adding the second track gives us upbeats. Oh, nice. And then I've doubled that, and I'm running that through the 4MS uh, stereo sampler. And it's kind of a kind of a xylophone metal kind of resonant uh-huh. sound, but it, I feel like it complements the roundness of this Juno sound pretty well. Your, so your, your signal's a little hot, so I'm, I'm having trouble hearing your voice. Ah, gotcha. This is better on the voice? Yeah. Is that better on the signal as well? Um, maybe a little lower, actually. A little lower? Sorry yeah. about that. There we go. Cool. So these are all... Are you... Are you you've loaded the Juno samples into the STS, and then are you, like, I guess, sequencing the notes by switching the samples? So the Juno samples are actually in the DigiTag. Oh, okay, okay. What I used to do the synth shop would take my dig attack in and just sample the shit out of all the vintage synths that uh-huh. come in. So <laughs> that I've actually a good got idea. some really cool libraries <laughs> of vintage drum machines and synths. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so this is just a single note from the Juno um, that is being pitched by the dig attack, and I just copied that sequence information from the sample tracks of the dig attack and put it into the MIDI tracks, and I'm sending that into the STS, which is giving us that kind of higher part. Okay. And that is running through the Qubit uh, data vendor, which is probably Dude, my favorite new module. Holy that's shit. That's the next... That's that, I've been thinking about it this morning. I was like, I, I have to buy that module. Oh, it's just... It adds a little, little sizzle yeah. to everything. So here, for instance, here is... Here are those two parts dry. Okay. But then adding just a bit... Oh, that's just, nice. Yeah, nice little, you know, little trills and little rolls mm-hmm. and just 
especially with higher pitch sounds like this, the yeah. uh, the stutter effect really comes through, and you add a little bit of the crunch. It's just it's just a great module, man. They did yeah, a Cubit, they did a Cubit cool does job. crazy stuff, man. I I need to get more of their stuff. They're on a roll right now, man. This yeah, is, it seems like it. It's a cool module. It's something that I felt has been missing from the modular landscape for a long time. Yeah. I, you know, getting that type of glitchy effect was always something that took me several modules to achieve. Exactly, yeah. And I just don't want to take up my whole system with... I know. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, from moving on from there, there's another line. Uh, with another two sam- two tracks of Dig Attacked. And these are, again, these are just other Juno 60 samples here. Okay. There's, there's a lower part, a little bit more rounded out. Yeah, that sounds great. And then a higher part. And then I've done the same thing as I did with uh, the other two lines, is send it to two other sources in the modular. One being the, uh, the cubit surface, and the other being a plats. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's the same note information with a, a little variation on some of it, but when all four parts are together, it really fills the space nicely. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. And I do this because I like, if I'm preparing for a live set, which most of the time my rig is set up to do something live, um, and I'm doing a lot of long-form gigs where I'm playing multiple hours in a row, so i got to find ways to stretch the patch, and I found that just by... You can take the same sequences, put them into different places, use some different sound sources, and you've got a whole new set of timbres and information. It makes yep. the whole thing sound brand new again. And mixing mm-hmm. them in and out, you can go forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's actually, I had a few students over the summer, um, and that was one of the biggest things that I tried to like really instill into them is like, you can use, and, and, not, and, you can, and that goes for CV, that goes for, or, you know, or melodic information, like if you can find ways to, to to stretch that out and do double duty, it also what will, what it can do is if you start a set with this sequence on this voice and then you end the set with the same sequence but a different voice, it's a way of like bringing back something that's already familiar you made familiar to them and now you're Absolutely. making them recall it. So and I, th- I, I think the audience loves that. I love that. I love definitely. going to a show and then all of a sudden it morphs back into the song that was 20 minutes ago and it's like mm-hmm. what? yeah because it feels in, it feels very intentional that way and it like it and does and and that i think for for a lot of people and you know i think for me when i when i hear that it makes me appreciate what i'm seeing and hearing more because you you know that that there there's a vision behind what you're you're seeing you know right yeah there's there's a goal there's an end point there mm-hmm. and you went on this long journey when you get to that it feels good yeah so is there, I mean, I kind of just to put a, a pin in the specific patch, but is there, is there like any other ways that you kind of do something like that or with, um, or any other examples like that of, of stretching out sets? Cause that's, that seems to be the biggest, uh, hurdle to cross when building a live set is how do you, um, how do you play for how, like say an hour, like how do you play for an hour on one patch, you know, on one system? That's, you know, so I try to set it up, um, and this may be language I've used even here before, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure, but I try to to set everything up with a parachute, and that's a term that I use. Just There's always something I can yank that will open, 
and save me from hitting the <laughs> ground completely. So having having a lot of different layers, or even having having an instrument on the side, a lot of times on a, in a live situation, that's why I might have a keyboard. I'm not a keyboard player. I'm not mm-hmm. very good at it, but it's nice to have an instrument that I can touch. It mm-hmm. puts sound into the air. I can hold a note. I can hold a passage or do something. I can bridge things together while I figure out where I'm going to go next. Mm-hmm. I find it's really just about being able to make those split decisions and having the tools that will allow you to do that and knowing that they're going to catch you. For instance, the reason I have two Renees is because that's a great sequencer for live gigs where I can just turn steps off, change the snake mode. It's now moving in a different manner. Mm-hmm. It's the same information, but now it sounds new and it's in a different order. It's at least enough time for me to transition to another sequence, maybe mute my dig attack, bring in a new drum beat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of stretching, well, one thing, sorry, I will say that <laughs> a lot of people don't feel that they can or that they should stretch. Mm-hmm. And and I say nay. <laughs> I yeah, say, yeah. You know, the audience isn't as aware of how much time you're taking up and what your intentions are. I mean, that's up to you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, if you're at a, depending on the gig and depending on what you're doing, you can, you can stretch dance music forever. Yeah, you know? right. Um, and let it go. Let it ride. Let everybody settle in, into the groove. You can let things go for a lot longer than you think you can before your audience turns on you. Definitely. I, that was another, that was one of the other main things I told my students this summer is the moment that you feel like it's been too repetitive and you want to change it. That's when you know that you have at least like two more measures of it, but maybe <laughs> even more, you know, like, yeah, the, when, cause you, you know what, you know, what's coming cause you made it. So yeah, like it's, and that's, that's, that's something that I even have to tell myself, you know, the day of the show and during my performance, like I write myself a note and I put it on my synth that says, take your time, because it's easy to... That's a good idea. You know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's good advice. Um, and I think this is stuff that carries over from, uh, you know, just playing, playing music pre-modular, too, you know? It's, oh, yeah, totally. Keep it, keep it going, you know? Mm-hmm. If there's a good groove, you can settle into that for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be house music. Listen, th- some of those parliament tracks are like, 12 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the same <laughs> funk groove w- with a crash on one every measure but it's still <laughs> fucking cool uh-huh. you know it it has a vibe it has a You're thing right. and and that's uh, um one of my favorite musicians is Fortet I just am oh, absolutely yeah. in love with him and mm-hmm. I forget the name of the album forgive me everybody but he has an album that is two tracks essentially and it's 20 minutes of each track and it is so repetitive and it at some point you think like when is this going to break when is this going to break and it doesn't it just doesn't yeah it that's, doesn't. i feel like that's like all of his music but yeah, i like there's that there's a lot he's of the, that yeah he's like the king of that he just k- keeps it going until you're like wow wait this is the coolest shit. It uh-huh. doesn't need to change. I don't want it to change anymore. I, maybe mm-hmm. I wasn't listening hard enough, or I don't know. It's there's a lot to be said about repetition in music, mm-hmm. and especially coming from you know a, a more traditional instrumental background like yourself mm-hmm. and, and me. We constantly want to. You want to play. You want to. You know. Yeah. I want to be doing something different. I want to rework this and show uh-huh. this off or hit this lick, and that I think is a really 
toxic thing that is ingrained in us as we're being taught just not to just settle in and let it be natural and flow. It's very much chops driven. And Mm -hmm. I just, that was one thing that I really disliked about music college and maybe why I do what I do now is that it's the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like jazz is maybe a huge, like maybe, Uh, maybe that's the genre that that's the most the case, you know, it's like, it's it's, never repetitive. It's it's (laughs) just like four dudes jacking off. For, and, and that's cool. Sure, that's like, that's that's great. Uh, I mean, I appreciate that musicality and that musicianship. I mean, it is mm-hmm. that's in, insane. It's just not what I want to put on when I'm riding my bike to work or exactly, yeah, pretty much doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I kind of we'll get back in your patch here in a second. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of made me think of one more thing. I'm just curious, like, um. How closely does the music you make match the music that you listen to? You know, interesting. Going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier about rediscovering music and rediscovering old influences and Mm -hmm. seeing that in in my music um, more than I thought. Yeah. You know, definitely more than I thought. I never start anything with the intention of sounding like anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. I, that's yeah. definitely something I did as a younger musician, mm-hmm. um, just trying to emulate. That's how you learn. You that's, know? Yeah, um, that's, yeah, exactly. I never sit, set out for that, but those, those influences come in hard, and I've found that I really like what I like, uh-huh. and I really <laughs> dislike what I dislike. And I, yeah, I mean, for instance, I'm a huge Floyd fan. And mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Pink Floyd during this pandemic just because, again, long forms, mm-hmm. repetitive, chill. Um, and I was listening back to some some stuff that I'd been recording over the last couple of years and was hearing a lot of that very influence in terms of mm-hmm. tempo, mm-hmm. Low, slow tempos, long drawn out pieces, slow melodies with, you know, Harmonic changes, but nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm, Things that mm-hmm. are predictable and that feel good. And right, it's right. like, wow, I, I'm, I'm starting to hear that. Or Seagor Ross, huge mm-hmm. fan. And the ambient stuff I've been working on, I, I constantly am hearing his voice in my head when I'm uh-huh, creating uh-huh. that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's really... But then again, I like, I like gritty stuff. I like faster stuff. And... Um, I like going straight to tape, and sometimes it just sounds shitty, and maybe that's the punk rock influence Definitely, coming yeah, in. Definitely, because I'm the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not going to be perfect, whatever. It's a live performance. Get off mm-hmm. my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, but, yeah, I guess that's my answer to that. All question. right, I like I, that. I like yeah. that. And, and, then, and then to turn the, the spotlight back on this patch... Mm-hmm. How could you, like, would you say what part of what you listen to is kind of inspiring this? I mean, I guess you already kind of mentioned it earlier because you wanted to do, like, a police thing. Well, I had I had that chord change in my mind just because the song had been stuck in my head for uh-huh, a long time. Uh-huh. Um, but then as I put this together, it's funny, I to bring him back into this again, I was listening to... Um, a newer Fortet album that I had never heard before, uh, 16 Oceans, and I don't know why I had been sleeping on that, but I was listening to that two days ago when I had just started this patch, and I was thinking, holy shit, 
am I am I trying to be a Fortet <laughs> ripoff guy? <laughs> like uh, so this this definitely sounds in that vein. It's not as as sparkly and well produced by any uh-huh. means, but uh, it's definitely uh, that kind of melodic dance music. Um, I don't know if this is the best adjective to describe it, but I kind of think of it as adventure music. Okay, okay, I like that. You know, I like it's that. got that a melody. It's going someplace. It has this energy. It's moving. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, well let's let's uh, keep keep exploring it. Is there more in there that we haven't heard yet, or, or is yeah, that kind sure. of? Yeah, sure. So we've got we've got those those two layers. This being the first, and then. Ooh, nice. Ooh, that kick's nice. Yeah, you know what? I almost changed it because I wasn't liking it. Oh, really? I think I'm going to keep it. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. It's soft. I wanted something super soft. Yeah. I don't like huge, pounding, hard techno kicks. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is really round and soft, but it still has punch. It's, yeah. Is that a sample? Um, it is, and I don't okay. remember where I got it from. What's that? Oh, you can't I, remember? I don't remember where I where I got it from. It was part of a larger drum beat, and I recorded too long of a sample into the dig attack, so I really had to fine-tooth comb that uh-huh. kick drum out of there, uh-huh. which was my mistake. But then <laughs> there's, there's a little bass line. Love that like, clappy snare. Yeah, sorry, I, the bass line is not triggering for some reason. Well, that's a bummer. The inevitable time during the there segment when there. somebody has to track down <laughs> what's not working in their patch. It's <laughs> uh, uh, that's, yeah, I, well, I found it. It was. That's going to be the new pod mod drinking game, I think. <laughs> That'd be a good one. People would be wasted by it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is just a little uh, basimilis bass going on here. Um, oh, nice. And that's, a, that's another sample that I created inside of the Dig Attack, but I'm sending that through. One of my favorite modules is the uh, West Coast uh, Skitman. I've never even heard of that one, I don't think. They're not in business anymore, uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, well, at least I don't think they are, because they haven't put out What's it called? West Oakland Modular. West Oakland Modular. And it's a really, really simple module, but god damn it, is it so useful. It's what's, it ca- what's the module called again? It's called the Skipmin. S-K-I-P-M-I-N. Okay. Weird. And it's four inputs. Uh-huh. And four outputs with a random, it, it's a random gate emitter or random trigger eraser, kind of. So okay. I have this baseline moving through it, and it's randomly removing some of the triggers. Oh, so okay. So each time that it's cycling through, the baseline is going to be a little different. And That's it's awesome. It's in different places, so it just allows it to 
feel a little bit more human. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like somebody playing like funk bass. Uh huh. Uh totally. Without being just a repetitive. Yeah, it's a good way for that variation for something to just breathe for a long time. Like I could listen to this vibe for a bit. You know. Yeah, it's not bad. It's pretty cool. You know, you throw in. So everything that I always try to think of how I would DJ something essentially. Uh huh. I just set it up in a way where I can mute everything. I can. Uh, well, I can filter everything. For instance, all of these drums going through the dig attack here, I have going through the WMD overseer. So I can, oh, I can nice. high pass the entire mm -hmm. mix from the dig attack or low pass, whatever, which is super cool. Just again, just that extra level of control, depending on yep. how the room is going to be. Maybe the kick isn't sitting at that certain spot. Maybe moving the filter up just a little bit and cutting out some of that low end will make mm -hmm. a huge difference. Yep. That was another thing I would tell my students is like change timbre. This that could be the only thing that you change, of the totally. you know, and that's that's good enough. And um, switches, you know, switches are oh my god can be yeah. your friend too. It's, um, it's utilities, man. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's, and it's funny you get into it and you hear people who've been into it longer say that to you, and you're like, how? How is that? And but then you reach a point where you're like, utility modules are definitely your best friend. Like the, those are the, the ones I get real excited. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. It really is. It's so funny how that how that works. Um. So how how if you were if you were gonna play this one live, like what would be the time, like the length of the set that you would feel comfortable performing if, this particular thing? So if I were to do just this piece. Mm -hmm. I'd probably, it might be a stretch, but I'd, I could probably do 15 minutes. Okay, okay. You know, bringing different yeah. things out. I've, I've got the keyboard here as well, so if I need to add uh -huh. a little bit of extra something somewhere or maybe drop the kick out and just have some notes hang. Um, there's a few other little, little sequences oh, and nice. things that are hidden in here too. And this is kind of what I meant about the parachute thing is that there's... If I get sick of all that stuff, there's something else moving on here. Mm -hmm. Give it a little bit of percussion or... That's, um... Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, that's the old morphogene. Oh. That is a module that I have really fallen in love with this year. It's, it's the bee's knees. It's the it's, and meow. I'm still figuring it out. You know, I'm, I've basically been using it the same way for months, and I'm just starting to kind of branch out, so I'm excited to see where else I can go with it. It's, it's intense, man. It does. That's one of those modules that does something that software just can't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it handles audio, processes audio in a specific way that software just doesn't touch so people who are reluctant to get into these sense there are you don't have to have a huge crazy rig mm -hmm. but you could have a few select pieces like that definitely that give you a huge tool set mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i've got i actually got uh, an r bar sitting right next to it <gasps> you bastard yeah it's it's pretty intense it's pretty awesome oh, actually man. i've got, i'm kind of in sampler heaven i've got the sts the bitbox micro morphogene and then the r bar all in one case that STS, man, that's it's my awesome. newest, it's one of my newest modules, and just, like, the reverse. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. 
I just did the my most recent remote performance video I did, I did with the STS as my prime voice. Um, I think I even actually walked through it on the last episode, so it might be redundant, but like I would just get a, a, a slice of, it was all dang zine, just like repeating really quickly, and then I would pitch it down to where it turned into this like evil industrial bass line somehow. Nice. Just, yeah, it's like you can do so much fun stuff with that. It sounds um, great. It tracks so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, holy yeah. shit. And I just record straight into it now. Like I used to try, like, try to load files and stuff, but I'm just like, it's so much easier just to like, record right into it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really messed with the recording into it. And I know that I could record my live sets into it in real time, too. So that's definitely something I'm going to oh, take that's advantage a kind of. A good of. Idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was loading my old, my old albums onto it and oh, just nice. like just use it. That's kind of what I did for the beginning of the summer was just like resampling uh, just older songs and reworking them. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Well, hey, um, you can't co- get copyright infringement for sampling yourself. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, do you want to? Um, do you want to maybe like do a little five-minute performance of this and kind of like? Yeah, unless absolutely. there's more to talk about about it, we could. Well, definitely... no, not. I mean, there's some percussion stuff. There's there's other stuff going on. We can talk about anything you might be curious about afterwards. Um, yeah, I'm happy to dive in. I I don't know how. I've never played this live, so we'll just kind of <laughs> we'll just kind of wing it and and see what happens and uh, yeah, see you on the other side. All right, sounds fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get into Corey's patch here in a moment, but I wanted to take a second to thank everybody who supports me on Patreon. It really means a lot to me. And if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, visit patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. I recently revamped the whole Patreon page, streamlined it, simplified it. Um, Yeah, there's no confusion. You get access to the occasional bonus material. I set up a new Discord channel just for the the patrons. Um, I'm thinking about doing Patreon-exclusive merch. Is that something you guys would be into? Um, Either way... It's, it doesn't cost much. For, the, for less than, um, you know, a cup of coffee a month, you can sign up to, you know, make a huge difference in the PodMod world. The more support I get, the more I will be able to do. So, again, thank you so much if you have or are supporting me. And uh, if, you're, if you're thinking about it, I would appreciate it. All right. I also want to take a moment to tell you about ModBang patch cables. They're the only patch cables I use. They're glow in the dark. They got right angle. They call they call them angle bangers, which I think is really, really fun and cool sounding. Um, primrose, sour apple green, cobalt blue. There's just all these. There's a new color like the sublime green. Um, get a little black, uh, black light flashlight and, and charge them up. And man, they, they shine like the heavens. Uh, highly recommend them. I haven't had one stop working. Um, they have, you know, various lengths. They have 3.5 mil to quarter inch. Uh, they have just quarter inch. Um, various lengths. Everything you need. Go visit modbang.com for your patch cable needs. All right, let's get into Corey's patch. Thank you. 
that, so what I kept thinking through that was like, there's the pat, the patch and the performer are like, you have, you could have like, if I came in and, and, and tried, then you walked me through what, what everything was happening and, and how, and like, then I performed that patch, it would be like completely different. Like, you know, like, um, yeah, it's just interesting to be like, you showed me all the elements, but then when you, what you played for me was like, like this whole experience, you know, like it's not just about the, the, the sounds in the system, it's how it's performed. That's, I guess, my, my long winded, weird way of saying, like, you're a really good performer. Oh, was awesome. thanks. <laughs> yeah, I hope this is, yeah, I hope it's all right. Um, it's, that's, that's one thing that, um, kind of going back, to things I've learned this year, things that have <sighs> keeping keeping the same gear, keeping consistent pieces, mm -hmm. things that you know well yeah. is just so important because when something goes wrong, being able to troubleshoot that is half the battle of this of playing this fucking instrument is figuring out what totally. is wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, <laughs> um, so having pieces that that you know well and can rely on. And, you know, I think that speaks volumes way more than having the coolest, newest thing all the time. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I've had most of these modules for five or six years, and I know how they're going to react when I do certain things, and that's just like mm -hmm. playing a guitar or, or being a violinist and having your favorite concert violin. There's, a, there's something to right. that. Yeah, definitely. And I, I try to tell people if they're, you know, students or people asking for advice, like, pick a few modules to just patch, like just, just work with a handful of them for yeah. a week and really, really get to know them. And you mentioned um, that last week with Gerald I, yeah. or on the last yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I got so much, mm -hmm, I got so much better with my, with the STS and the mor morphogene. Cause it was like, that was almost all I was using except that, you know, a few effects. And they're modules. deep and you know, there's a lot of things super inside deep. of it takes yeah. a lot of time with them to, I haven't spent nearly as much time with the SDS as I would have liked, but I need to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just isolate it to a smaller case and then just spend a week with it and I'll fucking know it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I really like what you did with the melodies. That's the thing that I have the hardest time with is like, is just like constructing. I've been doing a lot of just kind of more noisy ambient side because I just don't, I just don't like writing right. melodies, I guess. I just don't like taking the time to do it. But, um, yeah, that was the way those melodies were all working together was, I, I definitely got what you're saying, like fortet vibes from it. Um, I don't think I would have thought that had you not said it. Well, that's so I good. I don't think it's like that's rip good. off of your uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I hope, but now well, that this you, guy's <laughs> a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> No, you you had you had, you changed things way more than he, than he would have. <laughs> I feel like he makes something like that and then pushes play and records it for eight yeah, minutes. Yeah, and, like, and, and that's and that's totally <laughs> and that's probably what I would have done at a gig. I probably would have let it let it ride for a long time mm. and you know taken definitely. definitely much more time bringing things in and I don't know. That's kind of another thing I was I was noticing. I was like, oh yeah, you could you could easily stretch this out and like even when you started when you brought the beat out at the end and started fading it down i was like in a live scenario like he could just launch right into every like he could just repeat everything totally. he just did and it would have been just totally let it sit fun. for a while 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. h- hit a cool note that hangs well over the harmony and just let it decay forever. And bring, bring yeah, that yeah. back <laughs> in with the bass, and it's, it'll sound like a whole new groove again. Right, right. Um, well, dude, thank dude, you so thank much. You. This has been so much fun. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you um, for having me on. I, uh, absolutely. I love what you yeah. do. Keep on fighting the good fight, sir. Likewise. Is there anything you want to promote or point people uh, in a certain sure. direction to? Um, I do have a Patreon account, um, which is super mm-hmm. fun. It is pretty interactive and we do monthly challenges we do a monthly uh like round table where we all meet up on zoom and talk about what we've done new modules all kinds of stuff uh yeah it's it's a fun place if you are getting into this type of thing and you're you're looking for some advice on where to go in terms of gear or how to you know accomplish things like melody sequencing and things like that that's kind of what the whole thing is about so if you are patreon people please check it out uh i'm on the instagrams it's probably where most people would know me um and i started Mm -hmm. a tiktok because i'm getting old and i gotta stay hip with the kids (laughs) Uh, i've wondered i've wondered uh, about that but i don't i don't think i'm ready (laughs) well you know it's so the last thing i need in my life is another distraction like that uh-huh, right, but right. I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> holy shit, this seems to be a thing, so maybe there's an audience, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, let, yeah, I'll, let me know how I, it goes. I will, it. it's it's going pretty <laughs> slow, I think I'm at 11 <laughs> followers right now, so... Uh, okay, okay. I've hit double digits, man, <laughs> I'm doing pretty... <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, congrats. Um, but yeah, there's stuff like that. Um, I do have some music coming out on the Headspace app. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, next That's month. Cr- dude, congrats. Super That's cool. Awesome. Uh, actually... The people, I don't know if, I don't hope I'm not blowing anybody's uh, load on this one, um, but there's some <laughs> other great synth artists that will be popping up there in February too, including Mr. Lightbath, who you interviewed just very uh-huh. shortly ago. Um, R. Benny is going to be up there. Um, we submitted a bunch of ambient music, sleep music, to Headspace, and uh-huh. they will be launching that library um, next month. So if you have the app and you like to sleep and you like sense, then, you know, you're, you're set. Dude, that's so cool. I actually, uh, I used Headspace like to get into meditation. Oh, cool. Uh, like three, four it's a wonderful app, like man. It's, a, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's pretty, it was a really unique, sorry, I won't go on and on, but it was a unique <laughs> challenge because I'm not really an ambient artist. Uh, uh-huh. But what he, they wanted were five tracks, uh, 45 minutes in length, with no looping, no repeating. So, which, oh, wow. you know, That's it a is challenge. a chance. So they wanted, like, generative synth stuff and, you know, soft sleep music. But I got to say that the hardest thing about that is editing 45 minutes worth of music, because by the time you listen to it once, it's been an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, if you've got two hours to work, yeah. you're fucked. So. <laughs> but it was, it was really cool. Uh, I can't wait to hear what the other guys have done. I'm sure it's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, but keep an eye out for that. It should be fun. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's in February? Uh, I was told it's me launching sometime in February. You know, I'm just a freelancer, okay, cool. so I don't know. But Right, right. I'm going to keep an eye out because I think that would be a cool thing to... Uh, to definitely bring back up on the show when yeah, it comes you out, might have so. listeners interested um, in, you know. I think so. I've talked about medi- meditation quite a bit, so yeah, I think I think there's some crossover. Um, well, awesome, dude. dude! This was so much fun. It was so so good to uh, catch Tim up with. It's excellent to see you and hear your voice. And all you people at home, if you don't know, Tim is a very handsome man. 
<laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad Krampus didn't eat you. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- yeah, thanks again for being on the. Oh, the that Christmas was fun, episode. man. That was that so was cool awesome. to, to yeah. listen to everybody's Christmas music. That was that was really yeah. special. It was everybody really killed Such, it this year, and it never surprises me with modular, but it does surprise me still how differently people interpret these types of things and uh-huh. just the wildly totally. different results you get from. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to listen yeah. to some deconstructed Christmas. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Thank you so much, Corey red stripe down. Please visit him on Instagram. If you're, if, I mean, you're already following him. Who am I talking to? If you're listening to this show, you're following Red Stripe Down on Instagram. Um, yeah, thanks, Corey, again. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to all the sponsors. Patchworks, Needham Woodworks, After Later Audio, Ritual Electronics. I'm telling you, these modules are amazing. And uh, don't forget to check out Sacrament Modular's uh, you know, crowdfunding campaign and, and the Cursible, the new module. Cool stuff. Modbang, seriously love these cables. In fact, I brought these cables with me uh, on a 10-day trip through the the wilds of Wyoming. You can bet that they got put through the ringer on that. And uh, yeah, they, they're still doing just fine. And lastly, if you would like to help support me on Patreon, again, I would just I'd appreciate it so much. I would like to, uh, you know, can we get to 200 Patreon subscribers within 2021? That would make my year. The whole year could go poorly. But if I hit that number, I think that would be my silver lining. Thank you for listening to Podular Modcast. I'm Tim Held, and until next week.